Welcome to Currents, your leading global voice of maternal feminism. As maternal feminists, we are inviting you to join us, using our voices in the public square for the things that deeply matter, our faith, our families, and our maternal identities. The Currents podcast aims to gather women who are deliberate thinkers and women who are prepared to engage as powerful forces for good in our homes, our communities, and our world. Hi everyone, Carolina Allen here, uh, founder and president of Big Ocean Women, your leading international maternal feminist organization. And I'm here with my dear friend, Maddie Cheers, uh, who will be talking to us about this month's tenant, all about environmental stewardship, earth stewardship, what that means. And Maddie is an incredible friend. She's an incredible storyteller. She's a wisdom activist and an interfaith minister. So some of the things she's going to share with us, all of the things she's going to share with us are really going to be profound and really interesting and dynamic. And that's just the kind of person that Maddie is. So I'm so excited, Maddie, to have you on today. And I'm just so excited to be here. <laughs> yes, I know. And I've known Maddie for a couple of years now. Um, mm-hmm. We were introduced by another dear friend, Destiny Herndon De La Rosa. Um, a few years back, and um, just the from the very first conversation I had with you, Maddie, I was just like, this woman is so enlightened and filled with light and um, wisdom and just so engaging, and I just could not, I kept referring back to our conversation, you know, over and over in my mind, I'm like, I've got to work with her, and so we, you know, collaborated on going to the United Nations back in, was it 2000, right before the pandemic. Right before the pandemic. Right. Before right. The pandemic. And then we and had then- to change gears, you know, and, um, and yeah, the whole world shut down. Little did we know it was going to be that big. Um, <laughs> but then we were able to go this year together. So it was like, yes. yeah, full circle. A dream to- come true, right? <laughs> yes, it was. It was. Well, Maddie, so this this month, as you know, Big Ocean Women, we have 12 tenants that we go around the calendar year together with all of our members from all over the world, we're talking about similar themes. And the theme for this month is all about what we call the three environments and earth stewardship. And we use the word stewardship very, very carefully and deliberately because it connotes a a totally different trajectory. You know, um, it takes us on a different path and that's the path that we want to go. And so I wanted to talk to you and just maybe carry over the conversation from our last episode, because I think that you have so much to highlight by way of earth stewardship. So we're living in a time where um, environmental activism and environmentalism is really um, at the forefront of a lot of action, global action, right? Mm -hmm. And as you saw at the United Nations this year, could you share a little bit about your background and why earth stewardship is the direction that you promote, as opposed to, let's say, environmental activism? Well, yes, I can. For the last (laughs) over 25 years, actually since 1994 was the first time I started working with Native people. And it is it it was life altering. So uh, the the first experience was with an elder named Don Cardinal, who has passed on since then. And he was Cree and he he was very good at 
quietly getting people to understand his way. I did my first sweat lodge with him Mm -hmm. and had a very profound experience in the sweat lodge. And what he and all other elders do is that my husband talks about meeting his first adopted grandparent, adopted Comanche grandparent, his grandfather, grandpa chief, as they used to call him, the last medicine man of the Comanches. And when he would interview him, my husband's an anthropologist, when he would interview him, he would say to him, so what is the religion of your people? What do your people believe? And Grandpa Chief would talk about, well, we do this ceremony. And then he would talk, he would ask him, well, what do your, you know, again, well, but what's your religion? What's your belief system? He goes, well, we have this ceremony. And he basically described ceremonies until Bob realized that And Don does the same, did the same thing. Grandpa Chief did the same thing, that the whole idea of the ceremonies is to connect you with the creator and with the earth, the mother earth. Everything in ceremonies is all about how our connection with the earth connects us to the creator. How when Mm -hmm. we appreciate that we were given this great planet, to look after for Mm -hmm. everybody when we establish a relationship with her and with the creator, then we are serving each other. And that to me is the biggest difference. It's so funny that you would ask me to do this today. Funny and that can, that spirit of we are all connected because I Mm -hmm. had just been talking to my Cheyenne sister, she's Cherokee, originally married to our Cheyenne brother, Melissa Goodblanket, Henry, Dr. Henrietta Mann, who is also a Cheyenne, um, Cheyenne sister, was here speaking on this very thing. And the biggest problem, the biggest difference between the way Native people, the way we work, the way you work, and the way environmentalists work is that Native people establish a relationship with the earth Mm. you must i can't remember was melissa or henrietta that said there is no saving the earth without having a relationship with her and that relationship is one of appreciation Mm -hmm. so when tom porter the mohawk elder that that you've seen in the videos and that that i've done a lot of work with over the last 25 years, when he taught us the Thanksgiving address, it starts with people on the bottom. We say the people first, only because we're the, we're the last ones to appreciate and be generous. So Mm. we're the only ones on the planet that forget. Mm. We forget our original instructions, which are to be grateful, to treat each other and all of nature with kindness and respect, to live in families that they call clans that create loving communities through these families. And so their mindset, the mindset is that once we are grateful and then after that, it lists everything in nature going all the way up to the creator. Mm-hmm. And it's like a ladder. I always think of it as the DNA chain. You know, it's oh, the, it's like this ladder going to the creator. And with everything we know from science, definitely science is more uh, contrary to what people who tell you they believe in science say. Science is 
really pretty much proving that there is some intelligent force energy, what they call in science, the mysterious energy that is responsible for all of this. So right. if everything is energy, which native people have always known, there's a wonderful book I couldn't find to get the quote out of from this morning, but a wonderful book written in 1998, I think, called Blackfeet Physics, where this physicist connects all these teachings in Native America to what we're, we know in physics. And of course, by now we know a whole lot more, but it's this idea that Stewardship of the earth means an appreciation of the earth, an appreciation of how it supports all of us and not, you can't be a steward of the earth if you are not a steward of human beings also. Wow. You're not being a steward if you are angry at everybody and all, all of your energy is directed at, oh, I'm I'm worried about the earth because my generation may not survive. That's selfishness. Mm -hmm. Right. That's like, oh, my only concern about saving the earth is that I'm not going to survive. Right. You know, that's a way different attitude than waking up mm -hmm. every morning, giving thanks for all the people, giving thanks to the mother earth and all of nature, and then proceeding with your day from there. And right. I, I did find one quote that I do, do truly love from a book called To Become a Human Being. And it's the message of Tedadaho Chief Leon Shenandoah. And it's, it's written by Stephen Wall. And of course you can get anything I mention on Amazon. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I love this very simple quote. I myself have no power. It's the people behind me who give, give me any power that I have. Real power comes only from the creator. If you're asking about strength, then I can say that the greatest strength is gentleness. Beautiful. It's so, like you said, it's a totally different attitude. And I love that the foundation of all of this, it stems from relationships. Mm -hmm. And the relationships that we as human beings first make are within the walls of our own home you know, within our family members. Right. And, our and when you have like an environmentalist foundation that is anti-human or one that needs to curtail human population or to define what the family unit is or wants to separate children from their families, that there's something fundamentally wrong about that. Like that, that oh. path, it's a total counterfeit. Um, it, absolutely. Know? Yeah, absolutely. And when, you know, um, I was once with a uh, Mohawk elder, his name is Michael McDonald, and he was teaching kids. And he said to them, nature is our teacher. And of course, when you say that to kids, they're like, hmm, you know, <laughs> how's nature our teacher? Well, at least, you know, most American and European, European kids, you say that. And, the, and he told this story. He, he talked about how you can learn from nature. So if you watch the robin, and this is so mm -hmm. perfect for what you're saying, if you watch a robin mom and dad, right, mm -hmm. they make this beautiful nest, they work together, they work together to take care of the eggs, they work and they, and they, they help the babies grow until the babies can fly on their own. If you mm -hmm. watch a crow, a crow will steal from the robin, and a crow will sometimes even kick the eggs out of the nest. And he said, and then my grandmother said to me, so who do you want to be like? 
the robin mm-hmm. or the crow. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not that crow families don't take care of their children either, but that was the lesson he was trying to show mm-hmm. the children. And that is the lesson of Native people teaching that everything we need to know is out there in nature. We can look at nature and we can learn. Right. And we and nowhere in nature are we learning that little one should grow up without a family. <laughs> you know, I mean, that just isn't out there in nature. That is that is, and that's the biggest problem with the environmental movement is it's a disconnect from nature at the yeah. same time as they're saying we have to take care of nature. You can't take care of something you're disconnected from. percent. Oh my you, gosh. Yeah. You can't force people into 15 minute cities and tell them they can only go 250 miles a month out in and then prevent them from going into nature and establishing a connection with nature and think that this is a way to protect nature. This isn't a way to protect nature. This is a way to protect billionaires. You know, exactly. Maddie, I think that what you've just said, if we could just blast it everywhere, because I think that and 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 the thing that bothers me the most is just the insidious nature of this counterfeit, that it's such Mm -hmm. a blatant lie that it is being promoted as saving and rescuing this planet. While at the same time, like you said, completely disconnecting us from this earth connection relationship family connection relationship community connection relationship all under the guise that we're going to somehow save like if we just track all of our carbon footprint that somehow we're going to save the world and everything is hinging on technology which we know you know ask anybody in the dr congo where those minerals come from and who's mining i mean it's just to me it's like you've said it before and maybe you can explain to our listeners um it's another colonization Yes. Um, Okay. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Well, it's like when you think about the teachings from the great law of peace. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in the great law of peace, it's, I'm not going to go through the whole story right now because it's too long. Maybe another time we can do the shorter version of it, but it comes up with what's called the grand council and the grand and the U S democracy is based on this Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin, Benjamin Franklin's son spent a lot of time with the Haudenosaunee, the Iroquois Confederacy. And the, so they choose their leaders based only on character, peaceful, kind, respectful, responsible, honest, unselfish, humble, open-minded, love their family. Don't ask for power. So the women watch the boys and girls grow up. How can we even do that if we're not in a family, number one, if we're not in a community? How can we find these peaceful, kind, respectful, responsible, loving people to lead us, not rule over us, lead us, right? Completely, yeah. So so when they choose these men and women as leaders, they have an obligation to always put the people before themselves. And they can be booted out for breaking that promise, right? And then the, the spiritual leaders are above even the lawmakers. And, the, and that is because when they look at nature, what they see is this generosity. Plants and animals give up their life for us. So we have to imitate that. We have to give up our lives for others. And we can't learn that anywhere outside the family. You can't just say that. 
You mm-hmm. have to experience that. And we all know, we. this is also the thing that, that just makes me crazy about people who say they believe uh-huh. in scientists. And might I point out at this moment that I was raised by a genius rocket scientist and an artist. So my mom was an artist. My dad was a rocket scientist responsible for 23 different uh, government patents. He was the head of naval research and development at one point. He stealth technology, the fastest ship on the face of the earth, the rocket to the moon, you know, all of this, right? Mm -hmm. My Mm -hmm. dad (laughs) believed in the creator, in God, number one. He was, as a scientist, he used to say, how could you not? You know, how could you not? And number two, he used to say that the same brain that allows your mother to paint allows me to invent an airplane. So when you, when you look at, at growing up in a family, where, where would I have learned the, everything that I am, right. I recognize Mm -hmm. as an elder now, because I'm almost 70, you know, that, that everything that I am, everything that I know came from growing up in that family, right? Mm-hmm. And some of mm-hmm. the most profound things that I know come from sitting with Native people who valued the family above everything and yeah. their relationship to the family of Earth, right. the, the connection to nature, which goes beyond this planet. I mean, you know, there are ceremonies celebrating the full moon. There are ceremonies celebrating the stars and the ancestors. There's the birth of children that Mm. is so vitally, you know, that's the naming ceremony that usually children are named for things in nature as establishing that connection. An elder once told me from the Cheyenne people that when they name a baby after the first thing they see in nature, right? At when the mm-hmm. child is born, they give that name to the baby so that whenever somebody says, hello, running deer, they're reminded to be grateful to the deer. Mm. You know, you say back, good morning, little flower. It reminds yeah. you of the flower so that, that you are constantly reinforcing this mm-hmm. teaching of we are connected to nature. human being and we are constantly told and Kabbalah says this too that we are part of nature so you can't disconnect us from our mother and expect us to be able to appreciate and protect nature in the same way you can't rip a child out of its mother's arms and expect the mother to be sane after that and expect a child to be sane after that Mm. for those of you who have never read sophie's choice heartbreaking and you know talking about what happened to women during the holocaust and losing their children and having their children Mm. taken away or seen a movie actually one of the few movies that does a great job of depicting a book but these are these are things that the grand council was charged with always remembering and because they were raised in this tradition Mm -hmm. and taught to be an example to the people watching them you lead by example or you are removed yeah 
you know, then this was not a problem for those cultures. So when we looked at those, look at these cultures that managed to live in harmony with the earth and did so by, by establishing their connection with each other and looking at nature, families are the foundation of all of that. We call her the mother earth or the earth mother for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, when the Hopi talk about their greatest teacher is spider grandmother. Yeah. There is a reason for this. If you're going to break apart all these relationships, and this is what Native people say, and I myself can't say enough, the reason we are going through all this turmoil on the earth, the, the fires, the floods, the earthquakes, has nothing to do with our mistreatment of the earth. Maybe a teeny bit. I'm not even going into the science of what the greenhouse theory is, but but I'm going to say this. It is because we are disconnecting from each other. And she is trying to wake us up. We're beyond the point, you know, how sometimes mom just has to put you in a timeout and you have to cry, you know, Mm -hmm. and you have to think about what you did. She, she did try to do it gently and we're still not listening. As a matter of fact, we're breaking up more and more and more and more and more. And the yeah. more we break up, the worse things are going to go. And the more we try to treat this with carbon footprint and all this other stuff, the less it will get treated. We know right. from ice core samples out of, out of Antarctica, and this is solid geological science, not, not greenhouse gas Theory, let me repeat that, theory. Right. This is solid geological science that the earth goes through these cycles of cooling and warming ever since it's been the earth. Right. So we're in a warming cycle. And if we were connected with the earth, we would have made different choices. It's like getting back to, I know this was kind of a long way around to your question, but getting back to the question of these, these minerals that we use for all this technology, the Haudenosaunee, in my opinion, if that question had been brought to the Grand Council and they'd said, okay, so we got this fantastic new technology we can use. Fantastic. The only problem is that In order to get this mineral from the Mother Earth that we need, we have to to allow for these people to kill each other and make children into soldiers and take slaves. And we got to allow for that kind of thing. I personally believe within five minutes, the Grand Council would have said, well, going back to our original instructions and everything else, the big answer is no. So until you figure out a way to extract from the mother earth with respect and with kindness until you figure out if the mother earth wants those minerals extracted or needs those minerals in order to retain her relationship with the rest of the universe, until you figure that question out, the grand council would have said, in my personal opinion, and I've discussed this with Tom Porter, no. And certainly not at the expense of human children and Mm. human beings. Their first law, their first two laws they ever made were, we will never start a war again. And they ended all slavery. So obviously getting those minerals out of the ground violates everything they believe in. 
not just their two laws, but their relationship with the Mother Earth. It's why they thought it's why and the Navajo and the Hopi are still fighting to stop the removal of uranium. Not just because we use it to make atom bombs, which could destroy everything, but because they believe that things like uranium and gold have to stay in the ground in order to keep the earth in balance. And we, we did not go and ask the mother. We did not go and pray over this and right. ask the creator, is this going to be all right for us to do? We did and not I go to our wisest people. Yeah, I think that that's exactly part of the problem is that we're just moving forward recklessly with things mm -hmm. without actually really deeply thinking about them and kind of counseling together and getting, you know, a consensus or thinking further down the road. I mean, people are recreating, I mean, from everything from like, you know, patent and making patents on seeds and genetically modifying, oh. like even the seed, right? Then then to genetically modifying human beings and, and creating, you know, designer um, characteristics and, and cloning and with CRISPR technology and then, you know, weather modification technology. And I mean, everything, people are just going full-fledged, like not even asking, is this something we should do, but just saying, right. pushing the boundaries of science. And I think that that's exactly the movement of transhumanism really at the root is that yeah, it, it's just like a moving forward in this kind of like a, discovery kind of colonization mindset like not even pausing for a second to discuss whether right. or not we should do something but just saying well we can so we will and yes. as opposed to saying mm -hmm. what my father taught me is the most important question a scientist should ask that I believe they've stopped asking completely just because we can does it mean we should exactly Exactly. And they've just completely, it seems like, completely stopped asking this question. Mm -hmm. And of course, for people who want to egotistically rule the world, you know, you can't, you know, human beings are going to think for themselves. So you're going to go through that cycle of, of I'm ruling over you, but now we're going to have a revolution. I'm ruling over you, and now we're going to have a revolution that we've been doing since for however long mm -hmm. we've been doing that, a very long time. But so now with technology, these these very, very, you know, these very, very evil, I'm going to use that word, these very yeah. evil people. And always, I love the saying, beware the devil disguised as God. And mm. a lot of our young people are looking to a lot of these evil people as God. Mm. Um, the they're they're saying hmm, well you know what we could rule the world if we could stop people from being so damned human mm -hmm. you know so we have so, so many choices let's curtail all of their under the guise of you know a freedom you know that you'll you'll be free to you have the right to housing you have the right to medicine you have the right to this and that and everything will be given to you but under our tight gripped control right where you'll think you're free but, um, you know, any kind of dissent will be completely monitored and controlled. So then you exactly. really can move forward without anybody questioning exactly. any kind of dissent. And that's why there's, there is a huge pushback worldwide that we're not hearing about right now. There's a mm -hmm. huge pushback to this control 
um, you know, the Great Reset by the World Economic Forum, all this kind of crazy nest that's just a big control grab, putting the WHO, the World Health Organization, in charge of everybody's health care on the planet, yeah. which is just another power grab. There's a big pushback against that. Moved so, by a lot but we don't hear about it here. Right. It's interesting to me that we yeah. don't hear about it here. Well, of course. And, and the the really the really devastating part for native people that they're very aware of when we talk about it's just colonization 2.0 yeah. is that you're going to tell native people even to this day traditionalists most connected to their land their land is who they are mm-hmm. so now you're going to tell them well sorry hopi you got to come off your plateaus now because everybody's got to go live in these 15 minute cities all the human beings, because we're really trying to save your plateaus, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you guys over there, you Cheyenne people living over there in the plains. Sorry, you got to get out of the plains. You got to, you know, they're home to our cities. We'll provide yep. everything for you. Come. To yes. Yes. We'll and you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. talk, talking about, you know, your relationship that it, with with the food that you eat oh yeah and the food that you grow Mm -hmm. what happens when these foods aren't prayed over what happens when we're not saying thank you sitting down at dinner you know what what happens what happens when we are so disconnected from this food and from nature and the only thing we see of nature are are the blocks that were made of clay that build our buildings Mm-hmm. The glass that came from the earth. We, and eventually we'll forget that everything that we have and everything that we are is given to us by the creator and the earth. And that will all go away because we will have been totally disconnected mm-hmm. from this very beautiful planet. And that's what she's railing against. She's our mother. Yeah. She's punishing us from just for just, you know, mom could take a little rebellion here and there. You know, mm-hmm. we could do that. Moms can always take that. You're a mom. You know that. You can take yeah. the rebellion thing, but you can't take the destruction thing. Mm-hmm. There is not the destruction of the relationship between families. And only in the family can you learn that kind of relationship where you are in love you're in love with people you're loving people you're at the depths of who you are as a human being well what i almost see and i love that analogy is almost like i would i would fly off the rails in rage as a mother if somebody were trying to come and take over my job and mm-hmm. i feel like that's exactly what's happening with the transhumanist movement which which is this you know a recreating like a stepping in and saying well I actually can provide all of this for you. Um, your humanness is actually a frailty and through science and technology, all of these human conditions are optional. Like we can fix all of that. And right. we can create an online virtual world patterned after the real world. So I almost feel like mother nature is being eliminated outright. Like yes. co-opted, completely sabotaged and and um, manipulate. So I feel like that's where the rage is coming from, that it's almost beyond, it's beyond like 
in biblical times, and if you know you follow like the flood, it was really an act of mercy because everything would have been ruined. Right. And I feel as though we're getting to that point again, um, mm-hmm. where where everything will be ruined if we don't stop and recognize what's happening, and then choose the Creator's path over this other very very conniving and you know, carefully crafted counterfeit. And so, and I think that that is what hopefully this episode, whoever's listening can recognize that that's really we're getting to this fork in the road where you have to make a very deliberate choice to choose the path of the creator, or you will get swept up in this other massive flood of filth and, and counterfeit that's pushing in this whole other direction that people need to wake up. Yep. Well, uh, our Lakota friend, David Swallow, said they have a prediction where there will come a time where you will see clearly that people are standing on two different mountains. Mm. And if you choose to stand on the wrong mountain, you will be swept away. Interesting. That's exactly it. That's exactly exactly what you're talking about. And And that's, yeah. We want to bring people to the right mountain. That's yeah. what we want to do. We Because we love our human brothers and sisters. We don't want to see them swept away. Right. Uh, you know, and it, it will take a lot of internal grit and resilience and strength to stand against that, you know, and to climb up the right mountain. And we just want to help people get there. We just want to call them up to this, to this place of safety. Because it is the signs are all around us. It doesn't matter what faith tradition you may ascribe to the signs. I mean, it doesn't take much to recognize that we're all kind of in this pivotal moment right now. No, no, no. And I mean, you know, I I often, (laughs) it's going to sound crazy, but my dad passed away at 92. My mom passed away three years before him. She was 88, I think, at the time. And, um... I always say with my dad that I think I really think he passed away and he was a rocket scientist. I mean, he was an aeronautical and astronautical engineer who, P.S., believe very strongly in God and family and all of that. And my parents were together for over 60 years. I can't Mm. remember now. I'd have to call a sister and find out. But (laughs) but. You know, I often think it's it's interesting the timing of my parents passing away and a lot of other elders that we see in Native America mm-hmm. because of the belief that we are connected to all of the unseen mm-hmm. and that very often the the influence of the unseen is what we should be looking at, you know, and if you mm-hmm. look at at the at what science teaches us i'm always amused you know my father of course a rocket scientist but i'm always amused having grown up with scientists and an artist my mother a brilliant painter and um that that people claim now that they that you know what's the like the very the, the people you're talking about are but it's only what we can see touch hear and feel well mm-hmm. newsflash from science what you can see, touch, hear, and feel makes up less than 5% of the universe. Mm. So if you think that it's all about that little 5%, 
I'm pretty sure you're on the wrong path. You know, I am. And now with all the studies in consciousness and, and everything that are being done in science with the, with the whole, um, you know, the whole, this whole admission that this, uh, um, that they made in science recently that when they're talking about, well, maybe the big bang theory didn't quite happen the way we think, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it maybe we can't really, we look at like what happened right before the big bang. And let me just repeat this again, theory, theory, yeah. right. Yeah. If we look at that, we have this, what one scientist called this mysterious force that created the universe. Mm-hmm. Mysterious force, right? And you know, you say that to people, and they go, "Oh, well, they'll find out what it is eventually." Mm, maybe, maybe we already know what it is. Maybe yeah. we call it God. Maybe <clears throat> we call it the Creator. Maybe we call it love. Yeah. You know, maybe we call it kindness and compassion. It's all these intangibles, like you said, that has have been dismissed as something right. that's just like. But, but the more science progresses, the more that they're recognizing that there's really something there. It's just well, that our instruments and our, our, you know, our ability to really decipher what it is, it's becoming more refined. And with that refinement, then they're really recognizing, wait a second, you know, spirituality, religion, um, these invisible, intangible things are real. Yes. And, you know, and they're important. Um, yes. Yeah. And I, I think that I think that more and more people are feeling it because it's a feeling. It's mm-hmm. a gut intuitive thing that they're recognizing, you know, family's important, relationships important, community is important, love, respect, you know, gratitude. All of these things have a creative force and, right. and that, you know, they have a protective and a healing force. And so I do believe like just your analogy of, you know, um, the visual of these two mountains is really powerful that um, people are just intuitively and in their gut feeling a pull to one side. And I think that that's really important. And I believe the battle that we're facing right now, the most important one is a battle of, of convincing our brothers and sisters to join us, you know, and to not be fooled and to come and it's worth the climb join us and there's safety there. And I think that that's probably what I would say is at the core of my mission, even with big ocean women, um, to, to look to my global sisters in particular, because I think women have such a broad influential reach within the family unit. So it's kind of like sisters cling to your children, cling to your families, bring your men with you, convince them. This isn't a battle against men. Our maternal feminist identities are bigger than that, that we're stewards of, of, of not only this living planet, but of, of spirits, you know? And, you know, this is our, you know, stewardship and to claim it and to step into that power. Exactly. And that's, that's my call, I think, globally and, and all the women and leaders in Big Ocean Women, you included, you know, that, this is our work is to, is to bring that kind of calling, you know, right. bring that to the women um, and, and to stand together. Cause I, I think we are living just in a, in a really incredible time. Um, it's both like t- tremendously um, 
horrific, but it's also tremendously like I know in the end it will be victorious beyond description, you know. Right. It's, it's, I feel like, don't you feel like we're, we're in that moment of travail of, 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 you know, that the earth is in these, this transition, you know, of, right. Yes. You know, labor terms that right in the thick of yeah. this, we're preparing to enter into this really, this transition of, of like, where you think that you're coming so close inches away from death, but you will be victorious in the end. And anyway, the female body, there's so much to that connection, right? The female body yeah. and, and our earth, it's such a feminine female power. Well, that, and that's, that's exactly what the great law of peace of the Haudenosaunee talks about. Mm-hmm. So when they get through everything that they went to through the at least 40 years of war, the peacemaker coming with the help of Jugunsase and um, Iwanta teaching the people, it took 40 years to get people to understand this. And then the vast majority of their power in their, their, their government, which is supposed to be what influenced our government, the vast majority of the power lays with the clan mothers. Mm. It, but it's the, it's the idea that we are all one great family and that our leaders perform the highest level of job that a clan mother, a mother, a father, a grandmother, a grandfather perform. They act from that basis of wisdom, mm-hmm. all the wisdom they've gained through their lives. Some people like Tom Porter, who I've mentioned, uh, Mohawk, Haudenosaunee's spiritual leader, he is, is who I mentioned with you, he, he was considered an, a grandfather at 21 years old. Yeah. Because the wisdom he came into the world with. Yeah. You know, so when we're looking at these wisdom teachings. Yeah. From all over the world. It, I mean, I, I know the Haudenosaunee and the Plains people the best as far as cultures other than my own. But when we look at wisdom all over the world, I mean, I was born Jewish and very big. You know, I study Kabbalah, which is the wisdom teachings of Judaism You know, when you look at these great wisdom teachings all over the world, they they have the same message. You know, Mm -hmm. it is the same message of love one another. Yeah. Don't lose your connection to the planet. (laughs) You know, that all of this is one thing. You know, when we talk about the creator, God, whatever, however you choose to conceptualize that you are talking about that great love that gave birth to all of this that connects all of all of us and those people that choose to deny it for the less than five percent of what we can see touch here and feel the less than five percent of existence are are a danger they're the danger you know, mm-hmm. they're the, you know, danger, Will Robinson, danger, you know, <laughs> it's that dangerous thing. I mean, in any other situation, if we said, you're only functioning on 5% of knowledge, not even five, but let's call it five for now, we'll round up. You're only functioning on what, on 5% of what exists. We would all go, eh, come on, you haven't done enough experimenting. You haven't looked at enough stuff. You know, we would ignore it, but for whatever reason, 
that it's that 5% that's come to be in power because they have been seduced by the material gain. Mm. Yeah. They They have been yeah, sadly, like that material gain, it's so interesting because we're right on the cusp of a huge transition. So it's just, it's really interesting that, that this material gain, like it's just paper money or it's just virtual Bitcoin if it's not attached to real wealth. And the real wealth is found in human being relationship, human, you know, creativity and inspiration. Right. and family relationships and the land that is so abundant, so abundant. It just gives and gives and gives. And and then there's this whole well-crafted messaging that no, uh, you know, it's not abundant, that there are very few and limited resources that we need to hoard it for ourselves, that we need to curtail population, that we need, there's this whole other, you know, scarcity mindset that you said is really working off 5% of, of, of knowledge and wisdom that's kind of, creeping in like a cancer and infecting mm-hmm. every source of, of, you know, um, of messaging around right. so that people feel like, Oh my gosh, yeah, we just don't have enough. And, and all of these problems. And like you said, I wish this is something that I really wish we could talk about more. We, we need to have a, another, uh, conversation about this, but that, that if we could just fix our relationships, internally within us interpersonally Mm -hmm. and then within our families and communities and we could live in more peace and abundance mindset that the our earth would respond to that yes Yes. so really the problems of of you know of environment their environmentalist issues aren't out there they're really in here in your heart absolutely Absolutely. And that's what we need to be talking about more, you know, yep. instead of like carbon footprint, this, and you need to get this kind of a vehicle and you need to do this and we need to go all online and we need to make all these, those are all external changes, right. but we're not getting at the root of the problem, which is our interpersonal relationships with, you know, with divinity, like, right. And filling in, we just have this massive void and this, insatiable hunger we're trying to fill it with stuff and stuff and stuff but it's an emptiness it's because it's caused because we aren't connected to divinity to god to the creator first and then all that that first initial relationship if it's dysfunctional it's going to just pour out in every other sphere of influence that we have our families our communities that disjointedness is the root cause of our earth suffering you know, right. Well, it's like that, you know, what I find to be a completely ridiculous statement, and this has nothing to do with whether or not I, I do or do not support, you know, I support everybody's right to be whoever they feel they should be. What Mm -hmm. I think is a very, very damaging statement is you might've been born in the wrong body. Mm, Yeah. You know, and that's a damaging statement because automatically you're asking people to look at a negative. You know, you don't approach. There's one thing I know growing up with a scientist and an artist, you don't approach a problem from the negative. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not that's not the way to go about it. 
because then you're automatically in that negative mindset. Oh, am I in the wrong body? Am I, and what can I do about that? And how do I solve that? You don't, Mm -hmm. that's not the way to go about resolving any, any problem, right? Science scientists like my dad don't ask, "Mm." well, they'll look at a problem, but then they're not approaching the solution from the negative point of view. You know, how do I, it's, it's a very odd thing and it's a very dangerous thing mm-hmm. to tell children. Yeah. So to it hand really children is. a book that's titled something like that, and there is a book out there, I believe, closely titled to that, is automatically putting in them in the mindset because little children can't understand things like that. I'm in the wrong body. Uh-oh. And because you know how little you have many children, so you know, you know, they all, every child, we're very egocentric as children. You know, we think everything's about us. So all the mistakes in the world must be about me, you know, and it's very damaging to the psyche. If you want to deal with that question when somebody's in high school or college or something like that, fine. You deal with any question and philosophy you want, but to tell a little child. It's very intentional because what it does is it generates all, if you start from the negative, it generates more work. You're just spinning your wheels and never really getting anywhere. But there are a lot of industries um, that profit from that spinning of the wheels. So if you were to look at the, you know, the pharmaceutical companies that are profiting, you know, the, the medical, you know, industrial complex that's profiting off of confusion, you know, a nonstop quest for self-discovery and trying to fix the problem. You know, there's people that are profiting. And yes. so I think that's something we need to look at because um, the more confusion that's created, the more generating of, you know, problems that are creating. And then the people that are supposedly wanting to solve the problem are going to be getting a lot of business. Whereas if you, if you were to look at things from this positive you know, like you said, a place of positivity where you can appeal to natural systems that are already in place to heal. Um, Let's say wounds of the heart or wounds of the, of the mind or wounds of relationships that those things are all free, right? They don't cost anything. They cost, you know, like an exertion, like a work, but of a work of a different type, but that's completely free. Um, You know, then, then all of these other, things don't profit from that. And so I think that it's important maybe to listeners that might, you know, um, have friends or who they themselves are struggling with different questions that maybe, you know, an appeal might be to how can I, how can I tackle this, this inner turmoil, you know, from a place of abundance, Yes. you know, yes, and, and we can appeal to the source of infinite abundance, which is our creator. You know, maybe right. maybe take some quiet time, be out in nature, ponder, and and pray, and do some do some pondering and soul searching as to how you can heal any kind of internal wounds in in a place of abundance rather than scarcity, because exactly. there are people that will prey upon you in this place of vulnerability that will distort it and that will manipulate you and, and prey upon this, you know, um, in a way that will not, don't, they don't have your best interests at heart, the way that yep. family and community and the creator does. And so, exactly. 
Yeah. Exactly. It's it's always, I mean, amusing and scary, but it's always amusing to me how that how they want to shove everybody into cities in order to establish a better relationship with nature. I'm like, yeah. really? Doesn't that doesn't, listen to that for a minute? You know, yeah. let's talk about that for a minute. Just listen to that statement. You're going to establish a better relationship with nature. We're going to save nature by completely getting out of nature. Yeah. You know, it's like, it just, it just makes no sense. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that I, I'm always grateful to have been born into this world to a parent who was an artist and a parent who was a scientist, yeah. because I feel like that was a blessing. And I also feel like it's an obligation because I had the mm-hmm. blessing, the yeah. unique upbringing of being mm-hmm. born into a family uh, four, three siblings, there's four of us, and, and a scientist and an artist, that that's a very egalitarian perspective. It is. It's know? harmonious. You have all these, yeah, these different kind of minds, but with the wholeness within the family, you know, and that right. you can learn and draw from both parents in a beautiful way. Right. And it's not that they didn't make mistakes and it's not that they weren't difficult at times each for their own reasons, as all parents are, because you are a budding individual always. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're you're trying to put things together for your life. I mean, I do think, though, we were fortunate to grow up at a time when there was not so much technology, when there was not so much machine input. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I have said to young people, you know, all the minerals in your cell phones, not that I don't use a cell phone, though I do pray about it all the time, but the, all the minerals in your cell phones are not, a lot of them are conflict minerals. Mm -hmm. You know, all this modern technology we have, you're, you're marching around claiming you want peace and, and equal rights for everybody. And you want, you know, you, you want all these things at the same time, you're yelling at people, I'm not going to get into that and excluding other people's points of view, you know, and, and all of this, and you're doing it all on technology that is damaging other human beings. And when Mm -hmm. I said that to young people, they're like, oh yeah, but we have to, you know, it's like, there's no, there's a slight there's, there's a disconnect for all of us. We all, we're, we're on that technology right now, mm-hmm. but there's a difference if what you're doing is appreciating the fact that human beings could create this, putting the word out there that there may come a time when we have to abandon this technology mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. at least use it to help the people and the children who are now being tortured by it. This is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, you have to get into that mindset. I mean, just mm-hmm. this past week, I'm, I was thinking, maybe I should just give up this whole cell phone thing. <laughs> maybe I should just I've often thought I've often thought because um, I know that we're, we're going long, but I just, yeah, I, I wanted just to share this thought. Um, our bodies are highly sophisticated instruments. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes like the idea that, that, that we have this technology that's connecting us in these beautiful ways. And the next step within like, let's say the transhumanist movement is like Neuralink and, and, you know, uploading your brain to a cloud and all of this stuff so that we're all like this one thing. But 
I feel like God has already done that. It's just that we haven't, we haven't reached right. a level of connection with him to tap into the full sophistication of our bodies, the way that right. they were meant to be through, through God, not through the arm of flesh, but through God. And because for example, there are things that as mothers, that, I mean, our breast milk, I mean, how sophisticated is that? It's medicinal. Oh. <laughs> it's a connection. I mean, but it's yeah. there. It's within us yeah. already. And so I feel as though I I look forward to the day when we can just let go of the scaffolding, which is this very kind of human level technology, like cell phones and all this. And we can tap into our bodies in the, in their fullness. You right. know? And I feel like that comes as we live in the right order, as we live righteously, as we live in the yes. right path. That, for example, I have a connection to people already, and it's within my heart and mind when I'm in alignment with with deity, that someone, let's say, that is in need, they will come to my mind, and I will reach out to them, and that connection is made. But how did I know that they were needing me? How did I know, or or vice versa? You know, when I'm in a low point, and my mom shows up, you know, and she intuitively knew that I needed her in a way that there's no, there's no algorithm. There's no like AI chat bot out there. Right. <laughs> that kind of connection. It's, it's no. within us already. Yes. And I think that as we step into it through righteous living and through proper mm-hmm. order, that we can fully tap into the f- complete sophistication right. of our bodies. Right. Right. Well, so, that's the I'm excited. I hope I can let go of my tech, of all this tech stuff, because it's just baby stuff. It's well, just that is where stuff. we should be moving towards. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's baby steps. The yeah. Haudenosaunee talk about the good mind and the quick mind. The Most people know them as the Iroquois Confederacy. So the, the good mind, the good mind is slow to anger, slow to judge, quick to love. Mm-hmm. Right. The quick mind is quick to anger, quick to judge, slow to love, right? Mm. So we're we're in a quick mind situation. We want everything now. They say that, what was the, the latest thing about the attention span of young human beings is like down from seven seconds to three seconds. Yeah. It's like, it's it. unbelievable. The, the idea is that when we are using that good mind, we are connected to everything and everyone, mm. you know, because our connection is through love, is through understanding that we are here for each other. Mm-hmm. And when we look at the natural world, that is what the natural world teaches us. When Native people say nature is our teacher, nature is our teacher. Mm-hmm. So, you can't save nature at the same time as you're saying, eh, I don't want to learn anything from nature though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, that's, that's the disconnect, I think. Yeah. It's so true, Maddie. Well, I could talk to you for another two hours, honestly, <laughs> and you would just be scratching the surface. But um, anyway, just thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to talk to me today. And My I pleasure. really hope and pray that the listeners can, can listen to our conversation with an open heart. And, you know, I, I really am hopeful about the future, even though we're so in the, really hard things. Yeah. 
it's exciting. It's an exciting it is time. Exciting. So much growing, you know, and learning and, and, um, well, and you can't stop consciousness. You yeah. know, you look at even, I, I read an article this morning about what's going on on college campuses with administrators finally standing up and going, no, everybody's voice has to be heard. Right. One of the, the primary tenets of the great law of peace, everybody's yeah. voice must be heard. You have to stop shouting people down. You have to stop all this nonsense. No, no, no. And this is going on on major, what have been considered left-wing college campuses right now and university yeah. campuses. Yeah. So okay. there's a shift there. Yeah. And we just, you know, say, stay in that state of positive prayer. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it, Maddie. And for anybody that would like to join Maddie, Maddie does um, every Sunday, you know, poetry and prayers. You can catch her on Facebook. Is it under the women's oneness, women's project? oneness project, right? It's okay. an open page. Anybody yeah. can join. Unless you, you don't join. follow the rules and then I'm going to boot you out. <laughs> yeah. Maddie's doing great work and I know that we'll have more conversations to come. Thank you everyone for listening in and we will be back next week with some more. Thank you. Thank you, Carolina. Bye, Love Maddie. You. Bye. Bye-bye. You. <laughs> you have been listening to Currents, a podcast by Big Ocean Women. You can find us on the internet at bigoceanwomen.org, on Instagram, and on Facebook. We are each one powerful drop in a big ocean of change. Join us in one of our local chapters, Waves, or Women Achieving Vast Empowerment. Our music is First Rain by Ian Post. Editing and production is by Fifth East Productions. Please join us again next week for in-depth discussion about interesting ideas and about people who are trying to make a difference in their communities. <laughs>